no one else knows. They're not meant to be public names, but private ones that create a bond of closeness. Imagine a God who is so affectionate toward you that he gives you a name known only to you and him. You've been listening to Learn the Bible in a Year, presented by Bibles for the World. Now you can learn and understand the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Sign up today to receive one month free of Learn the Bible in a Year, short, practical lessons designed to help you understand God's Word. You'll get the first month of lessons free when you visit BiblesfortheWorld.org slash book. That's BiblesfortheWorld.org slash book. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville, WAYL, St. Augustine, WATY, Folkestone, Georgia, online at ilovethetruth.com. Rick Anderson was your average college student with plans for a career in the tech industry. However, before he graduated, his plans changed. For the first time in my life, I saw a real missions conference with real missionaries from all around the world. I was a computer science major, but I went and I switched to a missions major and computer science minor. And since graduating from college years ago, Rick has been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in Peru. As a global evangelist, Billy Graham was a big supporter of missionaries. Go and teach all nations, Jesus said. This is the need of the world at this hour. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to the problems that man faces today. That is the most important news you can share with anyone. Discover more about how to share that news at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Hey folks, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes along with my good buddy Doug McCary coming to you live this Monday. Uh, What is today? January 22nd. Hard to believe, but uh, we're almost through the month of January. Doug, hadn't been with you in over a week. Good to be back. Uh, Dave and I held down the fort on Friday together and uh good to be behind the mic yeah we we talked a little bit about the uh the move in the snow or getting up to the snow <laughs> in nashville you were up there and it was kind of kind of cold last week wasn't it it was, it was rough I am i'm not, not a big cold person no, I, i'm not either and, uh, it's interesting i you and i were just talking before, before we came on the air my uh i'm teaching tomorrow at our the west side bible study and uh we're going through first kings and uh anyway oftentimes if i'm teaching the next day i tell vicky hey i'm gonna leave i'm gonna go sit at a coffee shop and <laughs> just start just i just need the the focus and i left the house with my with my uh down jacket on and my beanie i had to keep this dome nice and warm <laughs> yeah but when i came out i was like man i don't need it now uh i am not suited for cold weather but mm. uh anyway well um you know um it's good to have you back in just so we can uh kind of talk about what's going on um <laughs> there's a lot going uh, on yeah there it? is you know I, I i i was wanting to uh delve into one thing that uh, i read last week you know if you're just tuning into swat usually um the first segment we end up talking about things maybe going on in our culture what's happening in the news 
trying to look at it from a, a Christian worldview, a biblical uh, worldview. And um, uh, Brad, I read this article last week that was, do, do you ever read Epic Times? Yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty good source <clears throat> yeah, of information. They do a pretty good job of trying to present data without a lot. I mean, obviously everybody has a little bit of a slant, but they try to do a pretty good job of, of putting it out there. But anyway, there was this article about a silent epidemic that's eating away at the American mind. And uh, it, it, they, it was really focused on this, uh, what they call an unprecedented change in mental uh, disorders hmm. uh, in our country and, and what, what's going on. And they start off with this story about a young guy. He was 10 years old and he, um, he was um, he was a straight A student in school, but he was an, a terrible um, attitude about mm. dealing with everything from loss or even competition. Like you and I grew up, what what did they encourage when we played little league football, little league baseball, little league basketball, whatever sport we were playing? What did they emphasize? Yes, they they wanted you to compete, but how did they want you to compete? With a good attitude. Yes, they wanted you to be a a, a team a, player. A, yeah, team player. They wanted right. you to go out there and be a good sport, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Billy, this kid, they gave the name Billy, uh, frequently lied and cheating whenever he would play any kind of activity, any sport, any board game. This is ten year old kid who mm -hmm. was doing this, and um, and he would get really irate if he lost. I mean, no ability to take the loss, learn from it, and move on, and say, "Well, I gave it my best effort. How can I do different mm -hmm. and learn?" Mm -hmm. Which we we everybody gets disappointed in losing. But what they noticed with him, they took him to a psychiatrist who put him on a screen fast for four weeks in other words <clears throat> no phones no video games mm -hmm. no ipads nothing and uh, it went so well that they did it for six months the parents decided to do that and guess what happened his sportsmanship improved he uh he even decided to run for class president at his little school and this and is how many days this is six months within a okay. six month period um, and this is true story. And, you know, they, this, the, they say in this article that basically this is back in 2012, they did this one survey Gallup did 60% of the young adults then admitted to spending too much time on the internet back in 12, right? 83% of people that had a quote smartphone could not live without their phone next to them 83 percent, eight out of ten and so what they were saying is that the link between screen time and poor mental health was has, has been highlighted now they've been studying this for about 10 or 12 years and they're seeing that um, between 2005 and 2012 the the change in rates of depressive episodes in teens 12 to 17 barely exceeded 1% back then, right? However, between 2012, 2017, it quadrupled. Mm -hmm. It quadrupled. 
Uh, and now they, they found that uh, teenagers are not reading books. Uh, they, they, they spend much more time on social media. And uh, they have seen a huge rise in attention deficit uh, or hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, mm-hmm. in children who are over eight. Um, now, that this is something we've talked about uh, over, but what happens is the screen feeds the dopamine, the pleasure release in your brain. Mm-hmm. That, and what right. happens is when you <clears throat> when you don't get that dopamine whether it's playing a board game and you lose or, or you're out there doing a sport and you're not able to do it, what you want to do is you want to quit. You go not, you get irritable, you get in a poor mood, and they saw that. And so because you go out today and look in restaurants and you see kids as young as two on iPads mm-hmm. or a phone. Right. And, and like I told you, we were on a cruise with Mickey, Minnie, all these different characters and kids are on their devices instead of it's crazy so uh i just i read that and it, they say that the the social acceptability and the pervasiveness of screens are making it harder for people to realize that their screen time gets out of control yeah it's like one yeah. of those things <clears throat> that you don't even realize mm-hmm. it right yeah well and i think that uh in fact you were talking about <clears throat> being in restaurants or cruise or whatever mm-hmm. yesterday after church, we went and grabbed a bite to eat, just Vic and I. And I look over, and in the booth right next to us mm-hmm. are two young girls, one of them probably mm-hmm. uh, 10 or 12, the other one maybe six or seven. And, Doug, they are buried in devices yeah. while their mother is trying to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my heart broke. It mm-hmm. broke for the mother because the mother is trying to have a conversation, but and again, I'm not. It sounds like I'm blaming the mother. Obviously, the mother must have given them the devices in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it it's it breaks your heart because we're not getting. And I'm you know we're talking about young kids, but what about adults? Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in a time where we don't engage face to face with people. Well, and and here's part of the problem. By the way, uh, this. Um, um lady um named um dino i think it's a lady i don't know I, yeah i think it is careful yeah i gotta be careful um but anyway uh they founded this 12-week program that helps college students limit social media time but what they figured out is if an 18 year old lives to be 90 they will have about 334 months of free time in their life. Okay, think about that. I'm trying to wrap my head yeah. around that one. <laughs> Three, 334, right? right? Uh, so, 334 so months. So that's about 27 and a half, a little over 27 and a half years wow. of free time <clears throat> if they live to be 90. 90. I, yeah, so about a third of their time. Mm-hmm. What they determine to do with that free time literally determines the kind of person they become. Yeah. I mean, the habits they build in. Uh, Perry Bowers was our guest last week, and he said, you know, following Jesus hits your head first, then your heart, then your habits, and then it's in your hands. It goes from head to heart to habits to hand. And 
I, I, I want to brag a little bit on my wife, Lori, because, uh, you know, you and I both talk about our families and our wives and you and I've been married a long time. But one thing that I love about my wife is she spends most of her free time like chasing rabbit holes of the Bible, like, like going down to find out <laughs> things that you are. I, I'm such a big picture guy. Right. Like I, I don't <clears throat> yeah. do rabbit. You and I have you, talked about we it. We were talking about this yeah. a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. I just yeah. give me the bottom line and tell me, okay, this is uh, what I want right. to know. But she chases those rabbit holes, but literally she spends her free time reading archaeological Bible, chronological Bible and going in there and doing that. And I thought that that makes a difference because even you're just ingesting mm-hmm. the word, you're mm-hmm. getting the word into. Yeah. And I mean, uh, sometimes I feel really bad that I don't spend all my free time doing that. But but that's the way she's chosen. But it is important what we choose to do with our free time. Yeah, I think it, there's also a danger. I'm, it seems like we've talked about this that years ago when we talked about Hey, if you needed to find something out, Doug, yeah. when you and I were growing up, uh, we had these things called encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did your parents invest in those encyclopedias? No. Uh, we had World Book. Oh, yeah. We didn't get oh, yeah. the Britannica. We, we had, had World Book. So I think we had Britannica, <laughs> yeah. uh, but now we have Google. Yeah. And now we've gone another step. We have AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ask, you know, chat GPT, whatever you want. And I think to, to your point even about Lori is – how valuable is it to do the research yourself to mm. dig into the the text you know be it for us a lot of times it's it's the scriptures you and i were just talking before we came on the air about first kings chapter seven i'm i'm looking at this text that i'm going to teach tomorrow and i mean all the little treasures that exist within that and so often even when it comes to Bible reading, we just kind of skim the surface, mm-hmm. and yet you, we've talked about you, we cannot plumb the depths of God's Word and how valuable and what what great treasures we find there. I know Lori's into that, like I am, and I know you are too. You'd love to dig into it to, yeah. to get clarity on what God's Word is telling us. Yeah, I, I, I want to know, but I will tell you, I don't go near into the rabbit holes that my wife does. She <laughs> she will chase a rabbit hole about 50 miles down the road. I'll go about mm-hmm. a mile, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm satisfied, right? Well, Vicky's very much to me like, hey, land the plane, get to the point. You know, you can <laughs> yeah. you can only keep people's attention so long. Yeah. But, uh, well, this, this uh, lady who helps these people and has been helping people struggle with addiction since the 90s says the problem today is back in the 90s when people started getting in the internet they already had uh, life skills they had an Mm. ability to hold down a job to cook to do personal hygiene and Mm. hold a conversation with somebody so when they came into the internet and the screen thing even though they might struggle with it they still had those other things today they're seeing these younger people who are growing up not have the life skills they escape reality and they can't hold down jobs because they just get tired and say no i'll go find something else yeah they're chronic escapers of inconvenience and difficulties and it leads to depression um you know uh, adhd anxiety and irritability and even autism and i think that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons we see such a high um 
autism rate. Uh, I think you're right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call this afternoon, 844-777-7928. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Ocean Way at to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in this afternoon. If you want to call, always love to take your calls. 844-777-7928. 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us any of your comments or questions. You may have a few questions after that last segment we just did. And <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, you can email email us at ask at swatradio.com. We'll we'll try to cover those on the air. You know, Doug, I just boy, we could spend a week talking about the dangers of social media, the dangers of the internet, the dangers of the smartphones, as you and I were just talking on the break, the 20, how many years, 27 years, I think it was a free time. If somebody lives to be 90 years old, you'll have 27 years mm-hmm. of free time. What are you going to do with that time? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we have a stewardship as Christians. Uh, we have a stewardship over how we spend that time. Mm-hmm. and uh we're, we're gonna renew our minds somewhere it's just a matter of where well this um person who's done a lot of research into this said you know getting people to cut their screen time is trying to get an alcoholic to drink water yeah it, it's yeah. it's just they get so addicted to it and um you know the, the they're they're saying that what they're seeing is um, even, even the parents, uh, can fall victim. I've been victim of it. Lori brings it up with me. We talk about it like, you know, 
like what's so important on that phone? Like I'm, I'm trying to talk mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. because you get things right. in your mind and you just, <clears throat> and you find yourself, you're looking at something on Facebook or you're looking at something in the news, which it's always a chance. Think, go back to 30 years ago, let's say 40 years ago. Now, 1980s, early 80s, we had a phone, mm-hmm. but it was only to call somebody with, right? It had a cord attached to it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, it, yeah. You, you didn't have a computer in your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't have a, a you, like, you didn't walk around with a newspaper in your hand. Right. Like you might have, but usually you would sit down to read it. If somebody was talking to you, you wouldn't open up a re- newspaper and read it. <laughs> And it's so hard because we've become so adept at being able to mm. uh, basically what I call discreetly look at your screen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and multitask. <laughs> Have you done that oh yeah, I'm, I'm a master at it. Like, yeah. and and it's terrible when you sit when you're not in the moment. Yeah. Like, and you you know you'd look at it, and so. Uh, <laughs> well, I think Doug, even like right here, I'm I'm. We have a few things distracting our our view of one another. We've got microphones and stands and all that. But the reality is, think about the times when you and I sit in here and we engage with each other eye to eye. Uh-huh. There's just something about you looking at me, me looking at you, and us having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, even even now, we're somewhat distracted. You know, they they say they say that multitasking is not a reality yeah you cannot multitask now we sometimes think we can well laurie will tell you men can't multitask well, uh, very and, well. And let, let me tell you i don't think anybody can multitask no. in other words what i'm saying is you can't do two things well i would agree with that yeah. you know i mean if you're driving and you're distracted by a billboard uh your phone what you're not the kind of driver you would be if you were really focused yeah, I remember a pastor one time uh, walked into uh, the service, like during his time to go up, and he had prearranged for somebody to call him, and he, the call went on like right after he started, and he said, "Excuse me, just a second. He stepped out, <laughs> and he, he, you can hear him on the microphone having a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody. Then he comes back, and he goes, "Oh, wait, I, I got to go to the restroom." And then he went, and he went to the restroom during the service. And then he came back, and you hear the whoosh, you know, the flushing of the toilet. And he did two or three things like that to say, oh, you guys have a problem with me doing that because I'm supposed to be preaching and sharing the word, but I'm not supposed to have a problem with you doing that. Wow. And it was, he said you could have heard a pin drop yes. in there because, you know, the, 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 truth is we've become so used to that that we go into that time and we're not engaging with the pastor one-on-one right Mm -hmm. especially if you're that's why people used to sit on the back row if you remember growing up (laughs) you'd sit on the back row you could do things that you couldn't do on the front row because the pastor's right there looking at right, you the whole time right, and everybody else right. is. But on the back row, you could get away with doing things, having conversations, talking, until one day a pastor <laughs> said, hey, you guys need to knock it off. And you're like, whoa, wow. okay. <clears throat> okay, so Doug, and we obviously, I want to be careful with our time, but as you were saying that, I, I, there's a 
there's a time that comes to my mind and if my kids if any of my kids are listening and my wife may be listening right now they are probably knowing exactly what i'm going to say <laughs> our good friend pastor doug rutt one one sunday mm-hmm. i'm sitting about with all my kids my wife kids on one pew and i were probably five six rows back and uh I don't know if it's my bald head. I don't know what it may draw attention to itself, but Doug is Doug is uh, doing his introduction to the message. I am completely oblivious. I, I I'm distracted. I'm, I don't know what I'm just. I can't recall what it was I was distracted by, and I don't know if he knew I was distracted or what. I don't think he did because I he probably would not have called on me. Literally, this is a Sunday morning in church. <laughs> He finishes his intro and then he he says, "Hey Brad, would you mind praying for us?" Oh, Doug, let me tell you, I, my my okay, heart. What am my, I supposed to pray my heart, for? My stomach went right into my throat. I'm like, "Oh no!" And my kid, you know, oh, it, ever since then, Doug, I have tried to really focus. Not because I was worried somebody was going to call on me, but it embarrassed me so badly mm-hmm. that I. I was completely oblivious as to what he was doing. Mm. And my kids are probably cracking up laughing because they still remember when we left. I think my kids mm. said, Dad, that prayer you prayed, mm. <laughs> were you surprised that he called on you? I go, well, could you tell? Yeah, it <laughs> caught you. We've all had those moments, but the distractions have increased dramatically oh, with yeah. the smartphones right. and the, right. the, the devices. I mean, tenfold, a hundredfold. But, but, but our, what, I think one of the things about this article that was kind of striking was how our mindset has changed in regards to it. We're much more accepting of the distraction today than we would have been 40 mm-hmm. years ago because we just write it off as, well, that's just the way it is. So... Uh, and, and we talk about this all the time. If you use smart devices and phones in your service, like if you're if you're using that for your Bible, at least put it on airplane mode yeah. so you don't get annoying notifications uh, that distract you from the message. Yeah. Like I, and this is one reason you know Muslims would never put the Quran on a smartphone or a hmm. device, so that uh, because they it's too holy for them. Yeah, isn't that interesting? But <clears throat> anyway, we, we are in Mark chapter 2, and uh, we are looking at Mark's uh, really account, which is Peter's account. He's uh, Most people believe he's writing from Peter's account of the revealing of Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah, and the euangelion, the, the, the beginning of it, he says in verse 1, of the euangelion of Jesus Christ. And so as we go into chapter two with the end of chapter one which we reviewed last week we you know we saw that the most probably alienated isolated person in the world in that world uh, a leper was healed at the end of chapter one and jesus told him to go to the temple tell tell him what moses do what he told you to do because they actually had a court of lepers there that was when Messiah was going to heal a leper, he was supposed to go and do what Moses said to do, and Jesus wanted him to do that. Well, um, in today's passage, or this week's passage, I should say, we see a man who's desperate to meet Jesus. The only problem is he can't walk. He's paralyzed. 
he's a paralytic paralytic and so his friends end up bringing him to jesus now many people in that culture would have seen this guy as a paralyzed guy and go well it's something he did or something his parents did he's cursed uh he would not have been allowed to go in the temple the synagogue he would have been unclean um but he had heard about a man who healed the sick who cast out demons who even healed a leper and nobody nobody had done that to a jewish mm-hmm. man no jew had been healed of leprosy that we know of and so this could be the long-awaited messiah but how would he get to him how would he uh, get in front of this guy even to be healed maybe he could heal this guy because remember his condition didn't just make him not able to walk. It made him not able to walk with God. Because if he couldn't go to the temple, yeah. where is he getting his teaching? Nobody's mm-hmm. spending time with this guy. Mm. He's not connecting with God. And for a Jew, that that was that was everything. That was if you were excluded from the faith community, who took care of you? Yeah. I mean, where was your help come from? My help comes from the Lord. You look to him. But if he can't get in front of him, if he feels rejected by God, what hope is there for this guy? And so in the text today and uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, we're going to really look at six truths that, that really come out about Jesus as Messiah. The first one is that uh, Jesus is a Messiah that prioritizes divine truth. Second, he's a Messiah that prompts divine faith, not human faith, not faith in some human thing, but divine faith. He also provides divine mercy, and he provokes demonic opposition. When Jesus would present that truth and and show who he was, there was always divine opposition, and he possessed divine power. He was not like any other Messiah who or a person that claimed to be Messiah. And finally, he produced divine praise. That's because Jesus was divine. He was the divine Messiah. So that's what we're looking at this week in Mark 2, 1 through 12. Tune in. Stay tuned in. Call us this afternoon, 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at ask at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. SRN News. I'm John Scott. Sleet, freezing rain, snow, and more cold weather. Before it warms up, more from Julie Walker. The cold temperatures in Atlanta causing pipes to burst and water to freeze on roadways. Driver Iona Flagg telling WANF how she got into a pileup. As I was soon to hit my brakes, my car wouldn't stop. My car kept going and going. National Weather Service meteorologist Mark Chenard says moving forward, a good portion of the country could either have freezing rain or just rain, causing some flooding. But parts of Michigan will get snow. However, temperatures will eventually go up. We kind of flip the flip the switch there from the cold to well above normal temperatures as we go through the week. I'm Julie Walker. Also at SRNews.com, the race for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination down to two major candidates. With just one day to go until New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation GOP primary. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who was once seen as Donald Trump's biggest obstacle, dropped his bid Sunday and backed the former president over former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. On Monday, Haley has scheduled events in Franklin and Salem. Trump has an evening rally in Laconia. Correspondent Rita Foley reports on what a top U.S. military commander is saying about those Houthi attacks on ships. Vice Admiral Brad Cooper, the U.S. Navy's top Mideast commander, says Iran has been fueling the Houthi attacks on shipping in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. He told the AP, Iran is clearly providing funding and training, among other things. They are obviously, he said, directly involved. There's no secret there, he said. Correspondent Rita Foley. Stocks are higher, the Dow up 79 points, and the S&P 500 adding 9 points. This is SRN News. Do frogs really hibernate? Find out next on today's Creation Moment. And now, here's our Creation Moment host, Ian Taylor. Did you ever wonder where frogs go in the winter? Yes, frogs hibernate, but there is much more to it than that. Frogs are cold-blooded, meaning that they don't create their own body heat. The heat they need to maintain life must come from the sun or the heat in the water and the air around them. As the weather cools off, a frog's blood begins to thicken and life slows down. Frogs begin to look for places to hibernate. If his body temperature falls more than two degrees below the freezing point of water, ice crystals will begin to form in his blood and he will die. Some frogs bury themselves deeply enough in the mud to avoid freezing temperatures. Others may crawl inside decaying logs or under leaves. Scientists have found that frogs have still another trick to help them survive. When the weather is unseasonably cool during the spring or summer, meaning a harder life and more deaths among the frog population, the next generation of frogs will automatically have more females. Additional females mean that more eggs can be laid in the spring. As a result, the frog population will more quickly return to normal. Everywhere we look in the creation, we find evidence, not only of the Creator's wisdom, but for his loving care of every living thing. Do you know his loving care in your life? You can be absolutely certain of that care through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. For a free copy of our Creation Resource Catalog, visit our website at creationmoments.com or call us toll-free at 1-800-42-BIBLE. And be sure to join us next time for another Creation Moment, proclaiming evidence of God's truth. Expect some delays in Mandarin because of a crash on San Jose Boulevard southbound at Clare Lane, blocking the left lane. Also, there's an accident on I-10 westbound before Hammond Boulevard on the west side. And there's a crash on State Road 9B northbound at the ramp from Phillips Highway. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 53. Tuesday, more clouds with a chance of showers, high 70. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J.
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. We're glad you tuned in. If you want to call in, we always welcome your calls, 844-777-7928. You can email us questions or comments to ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. You know, for me, Doug, this is going to be uh, – I'm glad you're going to be teaching through this text because I was unable to be here for the lesson that mm-hmm. you taught last week. But I love these these uh, these six, you know, elements to this message: prioritizing divine truth, prompting divine faith, providing divine mercy, provoking demonic opposition. Boy, that's mm-hmm. strong. Possesses possesses divine power, and the sixth produces divine praise. What mm-hmm. a way to conclude that! I'm looking forward to that. So we'll get through that today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Yeah, well, uh, today we're going to look at this idea of prioritizing divine truth and maybe get into the divine faith, but for sure the the just the first two verses. In fact, I was going to have you yeah. read all of yep. it, verses 1 through 12, and we're going to hone in on verses 1 and 2 today. Yeah, so we'll start Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, Mm -hmm. but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like that. Isn't that crazy? It I is. mean, like when yeah. you stop and think, have you ever had one of those moments, Brad, where you see something and it almost takes your breath away because you go, I've never seen anything that magnificent or that amazing. Now, I remember the first time I went to the Grand Canyon and saw just the massive canyon, mm-hmm. how big it was. It kind of, it was one of those moments, you know, or if you, I guess you go see Glacier National Park or you go to, I, you know, when I went to Russia the first time and walked into Red Square and saw St. Basil's Cathedral and that, it was like, wow, I could, I would just sit there and stare at it. But mm-hmm. here's a guy who was paralyzed and Jesus said get up and he did (laughs) it had to blow them away especially in light of their questions of him you know they they questioned him but 
I want to go back to verse one and re- and remember what was going on. The guy um, th- who was the leper healed goes around and he goes and tells everybody. So crowds yeah. <clears throat> begin to envelop Jesus. He had he couldn't go to the cities. He had to kind of go to these rural areas. But he went all around Galilee. He was gone for two or three months. Mm-hmm. He comes back to Capernaum, which was like his home base. Many believe he stayed at um, Peter's house. That was his home base there. You've been there. I've been there. You've seen it. <clears throat> yep. And uh, it's right there near the water. And it says when he returned to Capernaum, uh, after some days it was reported he was at home. So word got out. Uh, just imagine for a second, okay, and, and we'll take somebody kind of in our lifetime who was probably a great spiritual leader, Billy Graham. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people – Billy Graham visited more presidents, and I always wanted to meet him, right? A lot of people would love to meet right. him. And um, and imagine for a second that you come into the studio and I said, hey, Billy Graham is in town, uh, and he's, he's at a neighbor's house, you know, and I'm going to go see him. Well, more than likely, you would probably want to go see him. <laughs> Can right? I tag along? Yeah. I mean, and, and he would have attracted right. that there was an attraction to want to go be. Mm. I mean, if presidents are calling him up there, there's something that he possessed that yeah. people wanted to tap into. So Jesus was claiming to be Messiah, and he healed a leper. Mm. And the word was spreading. He was casting out demons. And so all these people were crowding around, so much so, it says, that they couldn't get in the door. It was that crowded, but the crowds were not there because they wanted spiritual healing. They were there mm-hmm. because they were curious. They were there because they had heard they wanted to see for themselves. These people were spiritually passive. They were not drawn by the spirit, mm-hmm. all, at least not most of them, mm-hmm. right? And you think about our culture <laughs> What happens when we start seeing crowds develop? We get excited and think, wow, this is great. Mm-hmm. But not Jesus. He walked away from more crowds than he walked into. His desire was to speak truth to people and to see spiritual healing take place. Remember in John 6, what did he say to all those people after he fed the 5,000 and all these people were trying to hunt him down? What yeah. did he say? Yeah, you're only coming to me for the food. You, you want your belly full. Yeah. But and, and I want you to notice something about the crowd itself. I mean, and have you ever have you ever been out on Black Friday? By the way, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. How did people treat you? Yeah, not well. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and, and it's <clears throat> notorious for that. Why crowds? They're yeah. driven <clears throat> to go do something selfish, which is like these crowds. Think for a second, Brad. You're in this crowd to see this great spiritual leader who supposedly healed people, healed a leper. Mm. And these men are bringing in a guy on a stretcher, on a, carrying him on a, a thing and wanting to get through. And you're like, you ain't getting past me. I'm seeing him before you are. Right. Can you imagine that for yeah. a second? You're dirty anyway. You can totally imagine that. You can <clears> see <throat> it, right? right? Well, I mean, it's isn't it consumerism it, it's the today? Cr- it's the crowd mentality. Yeah. It's the... 
I do you this is what can, I, funny. what can I get out of this? Yeah, well, do you remember when Furbies were a big thing and you couldn't find them anywhere? <laughs> yes. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I, I mean, everybody <laughs> was like, and they actually, to me, I think that probably inspired the Christmas movie Jingle All the Way with Schwarzenegger because everybody wanted a toy that nobody had, mm-hmm. and there was this consumer uh, consumptive mentality. I it's about I got to get in there. I got to yeah. see him. Yeah. So much so they wouldn't let him in. But it says in verse 2, there was no more room. And what does it say Jesus was doing? He was preaching or speaking the word. He was speaking the word. The word there is logos. He wasn't speaking about the word. He was speaking the word. Everything that comes out of the mouth of Jesus is truth. And so here we have a Messiah that all these people are clamoring to get to him because he healed somebody physically and he's teaching them himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in John one, it says in the beginning was the word, the logos and the logos was with God and the logos was God. And in verse 14, it says the, the logos became flesh. So Jesus is teaching them about himself. His priority was to preach the word, not do miracles. Yeah. And that's why when you read a lot of these books today that focus on, you got to have miracles to get people into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Preach the word. Preach the word. That's what Jesus focused on. The miracles then attested to his origin and power. And But everywhere he went, he did the teaching. He preached. And Doug, isn't the greatest miracle the conversion of souls oh yeah because i I said this the other day everybody he healed of the temporary illness died exactly even lazarus he brought him back he had to die again you know boy we need to renew our mind in that reality yeah glad you tuned in we'll take one more break here call us this afternoon 844-777-7928 844-777-SWAT love to hear from you give us a shout we'll be right back If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in St. Nicholas at 91.7. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on him. Hell was my 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Come join us this afternoon, 844-777-7928. If you're, if you're tuned in wherever you are, Virginia Beach, uh, Meridian, Mississippi, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Folkestone, Georgia, wherever it is you're tuned in, we love hearing from you guys. Just love to love to know you're out there listening. Maybe you're challenged by this this text. Uh, Doug and I were just chatting it up here in, in between the breaks. I was just saying how... Really, so much of the the church in in, in America is very consumer driven. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, give me what I want, uh, give me comfortable seats, give me great parking, make sure the air conditioning's all good, uh, give me the music I want to hear, give uh, me the messages I want to hear. T- yeah, boy, tickle my ears, turn the lights down, blow the fog machine, <laughs> all these things that are so about our own comforts, are so much about our pleasures. Well, and it's pragmatic. It is pragmatic. Instead, yeah. of, instead of trusting in the sovereignty of God. Well, here, here's the thing that um, the priority of Jesus, of the Messiah, was divine truth. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't to do the healing miracles. Mm-hmm. And it, we see him teaching. He taught it everywhere. He taught from boats. He taught on the hillside. He taught in houses, synagogues. Uh, he, he wanted humans to be connected to the father and the way that begins is with truth it's not through some osmosis it's 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 teaching the truth and you know i love teaching god's word you and i've talked about this a lot how we love sharing right i look out at the guys at swat and they're wanting to grow some of them, some of those guys are in two or three Bible studies a week. <laughs> right. They're hungry. They want yeah. to hear the truth. And so I love do that. I, I love teaching the truth. And I think, Brad, of I, I shared this verse a couple of weeks ago, I think, with you from Ezra. I read it in my mm. reading, Ezra 710. And it, and it says that Ezra had set his heart to study the truth to do the truth and to teach the truth. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I, I think about that and that's my heart. I know it's yeah, your heart. It is. And I, I was thinking, cause I, when you mentioned that that was two weeks ago, I made that note. I went home, told Vicky, I said, I have a new verse we need to memorize <laughs> Ezra seven ten. And the point you just made is Ezra didn't set his mind to teach his opinion. No, it was to teach the truth and and boy doug do we discount the word of god when we think we have to pair that with some dramatic story i'm not saying there's anything wrong with sharing testimonies i think we're called to do that but what did paul say you know peter about you know he's given us a more perfect word oh yeah peter and peter was up on the mountain yeah he was up there and saw jesus transfigured before him and he says we have a more sure word, right. meaning the word of God. Yeah. And when you, you think about it, we, we live in a time where it's it's hard to find people that just exposit the word. Yeah. But we, we feel like we've, we've got to uh, either make it palatable, you know, yeah. Yeah. for people <clears throat> instead of just teaching. In fact, 
I, I, I got a, a text from one of the SWAT guys this past week, and it was really sad to me because um, he was telling me about Promise Keepers, and I don't know if you saw that, Brad, but the uh, people are starting to deny them an ability to meet um, because that they uh, they don't want to host Promise Keepers because they're anti uh trans stance or it's too derogatory um for people they um they were offended about the gender identity statement that promise keepers made and here's what they said uh we see the way gender identity ideology has damaged lives mutilated bodies and torn apart families in our own community true and and so they they've denied them and and two other venues did that and so we are being canceled in our culture because we want to hold to the truth of God's word God made man he made woman they're separate mm-hmm. if he made you male you're a male you can change all the exterior you want but the plumbing the DNA it's all going to be what god made it and you can't change that just by changing the outside you know what does that guy say you put lipstick on a pig you still got a pig <laughs> you, you, you can't mm-hmm. change it mm-hmm. just because we have the technology to physically alter and make something on the outside it can't change the dna and it can't change the internal plumbing yeah. that god set up inside each one of us well and if we <clears throat> In fact, we'll cover this uh, probably tomorrow or Wednesday when you talk about, uh, you know, when you declare the gospel, when you declare the truth of God's word, it's going to provoke some opposition, some demonic opposition. Mm -hmm. And that's a perfect example that when you stand on the truth, you're going to face some opposition. Mm. But the reality is is it is only the divine truth that regenerates the heart Mm -hmm. how will they be saved if they don't hear how will they hear unless someone preaches and and the good good news goes back to isaiah 52 7 which is that our god reigns the euangelion he reigns and rules yeah and so um you know that this this messiah jesus is divine and he prioritizes divine truth. He's not about magic. He's not about making people believe him by focusing on doing just the healing. So what does he do? He goes back to his home and he's teaching people. Mm-hmm. He's sharing the truth with people. And, um, and, and that made him different from other messiahs. They were trying to trick people. I remember in Acts 8, Simon the magician wanted to learn the yes. power yep. so he could go and make people think he had God's power. Mm-hmm. Well, God's power is in his word. You don't need a miracle. Yeah. To, we've got his word yeah. today. Yeah. The miracles authenticated Jesus as divine. We have his divine word. Now we mm-hmm. know it's withstood the test of time for the yeah. last 2000 years. And so the question for me and you is, are we following our Messiah in prioritizing divine truth, or are we focus more on 
the peripherals. Yeah. Because the dramatic story. Because that's why, the, yeah, that's why mm-hmm. the first core value of SWAT is what God's word. It's our authority mm-hmm. and our starting point. Yeah. Uh, it has to be. Yeah. And if you don't start with his word, then you're, you start with what? Your opinion? Mm-hmm. That's why I, I love what John MacArthur says. So what I think doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It only matters what it says in the word. Yeah. And isn't that, isn't that easy? It's kind of a burden taken off of you as a teacher, right? I think. I don't have to have some dramatic story to, to parallel what God's word says. I think the, the reality is, what would it look like if we just preached the word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying there aren't some parallel stories that we and I were talking before we came on the air here about what I'm going to teach tomorrow. Hmm. I think there's a, there's elements that we can, we can apply God's word in our personal life. But listen, the greatest miracle that God does is that he converts souls mm-hmm. and he does that through his word. He does. And blessed is the man who reads that word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or we sit in the seat of scoffers or, or stand in the path of sinners sitting in the seat. But his delight is in what? The law, the, the of, law the of the Lord. And on it, he meditates day and night. So God's word, the divine truth. But I don't know if you ever thought about it, Brad, but I, when I was teaching this last week and even getting ready for it, I can't say that I ever really thought about the fact that Jesus didn't have to memorize the word. <laughs> he was the word. Yeah. I mean, he was the Torah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was truth. So every word that proceeded out of his mouth was truth. Yeah. There's never been another person like that in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Have you ever thought about that? I haven't really thought about that. I mean, that, that the fact yeah. that every, every word, every mm-hmm. word that came out of his mouth was truth because he couldn't lie. It's not true of any other Messiah, false Messiah, servant of God. He wasn't just a, see, see the Jewish people, thought that when Messiah came, he would be a great servant of God, but they didn't expect him to be God. Yeah. But John tells us in the gospel, the logos became flesh. And so when we look at Jesus as Messiah, we see a guy who prioritizes divine truth. And we see that we will see it in the next passage. We look at the following passages he is always teaching the word of God. So why is it something we give one hour to a week? I mean, if you're out there and you're not part of learning more than one hour a week, and I'm not just talking about, you, you know, we'll get into that this week at SWAT as we look at, at, at even Matthew, Levi, and, and it, it's, it's not just about getting spoon-fed from somebody else. It is eating that word yourself. Yeah. You and I have talked about this a lot. <clears throat> I'm, I'm always so grateful for the opportunities that God gives us to teach. It's one of the reasons I love doing this. It's just it helped I get into it. I want to understand it. I want it to change me on the inside, you know. And that's when I talk about, you know, yeah, they were rushing to Capernaum to see Jesus do what? To heal people? Uh, they, it was all about themselves. It, it was curiosity. And it, it was curiosity, and yet 
the greatest healing is the conversion of souls and and that's going to come by way of the word of god yeah. being preached I, I i still like i can remember it like it was yesterday sitting at the top row of tully stadium in 1980 hearing the gospel for the first time legitimately it wasn't that somebody didn't preach the gospel in my presence it was just that night these ears heard